podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning the podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. film aficionados and horror hounds to the movie pit podcast i'm your host that motherfucker boozer on this spine chilling episode today we're set to delve deeply and meticulously slice through the murky ominous bayou waters of hatchet 2 the highly anticipated sequel brimming with a sharp cutting edge and sure to keep you on the edge of your seat we're eagerly gearing up to intensely discuss all the nitty-gritty the very intricate details, and to meticulously dissect the film scene by scene, to painstakingly find out what truly makes the enigmatic, shadowy world of Victor Crowley tick, pulse, and terrify in such a unique manner. We've got the exclusive riveting inside scoop on the talented actors who brought this chilling, grisly tale dramatically and powerfully to life with a particularly focused and exceptional special lens on the Scream Queen herself, Danielle Harris, and her intense, commanding, dramatic return as the resilient, unflinching heroine Mary Beth. What's more, we absolutely won't shy away from keenly unpacking the innovative, brilliantly creative minds behind the bloody, gore-stained curtain. We're talking about the deeply passionate directing, the crafted, wonderfully layered script, all the intricate gears grinding together in perfect unison to bring you those spine-tingling jumps, the blood-curdling screams, and moments that take your breath away. So, dear fellow enthusiasts, sharpen your axes a little more, or gird yourselves for the scares, the overwhelming dread, and whatever you do, make sure not to let yourself be mysteriously lured into the dark foreboding and deceptive swamp. Keep it firmly locked right here because right after we provide you with a chilling taste of pure, unadulterated terror with the Hatchet 2 trailer, we'll bravely, fearlessly plunge headfirst into the deepest heart of the surreal madness. Don't dare go away. Persist and stick around. We'll be right back to have an even more engaging, captivating talk about the intricate inner workings of the film that's stirring up such considerable buzz and has everyone talking. Who's Victor Crowley? Local boogeyman story about a maniac who haunts Honey Island. No! Victor Crowley is real. I saw him. He murdered everyone in front of me. You want revenge on Victor Crowley? We're not going in there alone. We need help. We need guns. All these people are in danger, and they don't even realize it. What you need to do is turn that frown upside down. This December, return to his swamp. Did you hear something? And try to hold on. You're gonna get us all killed. To all your pieces. Shut the door! It's too late. No! No! It's a trap! The film they didn't want you to see in theaters is now available on demand. 
trying to bury that hatchet deep into his face. Adam Green's Hatchet 2. Exclusively on demand starting December 1st. Go to hell! Welcome movie lovers, cinephiles, and everyone who gets a shiver of excitement from a spine-chilling horror flick or a cult classic. We're thrilled to bring you today's episode of the Movie Pit Podcast, courtesy of Shout Factory and Scream Factory, your ultimate havens for films that define, defy, and push the limits of cinema. With Shout Factory, you're diving into a treasure trove of unforgettable movies and TV shows that have shaped generations. From gripping documentaries to animated adventures, Shout Factory brings you the content you love in deluxe Blu-rays and exclusive collector's editions. Ever wanted to own a piece of film history? Shout Factory's lovingly crafted releases are a cinephile's dream. And for those who hear the call of the dark side, who relish the thrill of a jump scare, and who appreciate the art of classic horror and sci-fi, Scream Factory welcomes you with open arms. With meticulously restored screen gems, collector's edition box sets, and enough supplementary content to satiate even the most ardent of horror aficionados, Scream Factory ensures the thrills keep coming long after the credits have rolled. For quality, nostalgia, and a dedication to the movies and series that won your heart, look no further than Shout and Scream Factory. Discover lost titles, revisit old favorites, and experience the best in high definition. What are you waiting for? Add a little cinematic magic to your collection today. Check out their eclectic and extensive catalog at shoutfactory.com. Elevate your movie night with a purchase from the masters of film restoration and distribution. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's feature on the Movie Pit Podcast, brought to you by Shout Factory and Scream Factory, where the movies come alive right in your living room. All right, folks. Strap yourselves in tightly because we're about to embark on a comprehensive moment-by-moment critique of the intriguing slasher film Hatchet 2. This terrifying sequel initiates by continuing precisely at the hair-raising cliffhanger where its thrilling predecessor left us anxiously waiting. The menacing figure of Victor Crowley is still lurking ominously in the shadows. The swamp is thick and heavy with an unsettling tension, and our protagonist Mary Beth is just managing to evade his deadly grip. The opening sequence expertly crafts the setting for a heart-racing pursuit that is categorically nothing less than a pure, adrenaline-inducing experience. Yet let's delve deeper and examine this opening with a detailed lens to decipher how it seamlessly resonates with the finale of the initial movie, while also cunningly guiding the audience toward the ominous and bloody trail that lies in the future in this captivating and chilling sequel. As the protagonist, Mary Beth navigates through the eerie swamp, completely drenched and overwhelmed by terror, we're instantly hurled into a whirlwind engulfed with pandemonium. Our quest begins with a rather unexpected encounter with a reclusive hermit, affectionately named Jack Cracker. If our memories serve us correctly, Jack had ominously cautioned the doomed tourists about the horrific curse of Crowley. Presently, he discovers himself to be an unfortunate victim of that very curse as he makes his untimely and abrupt departure. Stage left, owing to Victor's relentless and savage acts of violence. A finely crafted homage to his forewarning dialogue in the inaugural film, this particular sequence accentuates the stark reality that no soul is truly safe within the treacherous confines of Crowley's accursed swamp. Then Mary Beth, played by the horror genre's darling Danielle Harris, arrives at Reverend Zombie's shop. Harris brings Mary Beth to life with a performance that balances vulnerability with a fierce determination for vengeance. It's here in the dimly lit curious shop where candles flicker as much as hopes that we learn the full weight of Mary Beth's lineage. Reverend Zombie unravels the taut strings of the plot, weaving in details of a cursed child, a distraught father, and a fire that created a monster, Victor Crowley. Now, armed with this chilling knowledge, Mary Beth's mission becomes clear. She must return to the swamp to retrieve the remains of her family. 
The stakes are raised significantly as she recruits an army of hunters. And so we're off to the races, or rather the recruitment meeting, eerily tranquil yet heavy with the promise of impending bloodshed. As night descends upon our characters, we find them in the deep wilderness where even the shadows are afraid of what lurks within. The hunters, their motives as varied as their methods, are about to face a horror they cannot comprehend. Cletus and Chad decide to stay with the boat, opting for what they believe is the safer option. Little do they know there are no safe options in Hatchet 2. The visceral terror unfolds as Crowley, silent and ever-deathly, commences his ruthless onslaught. The characters scatter like leaves in a gale, with each ensuing murder more gruesome than the last. Our blood-spattered journey runs a gamut of classic slasher tropes turned up to eleven. From death by belt sander to an intimate encounter with a hatchet, Crowley's methods are a macabre ballet of violence. And it begs the question, how can such a creature exist? But it's not just the how of these kills. It's the why. A brother's betrayal, a curse to be fulfilled, and the monster's relentless need for revenge. Every slain hunter, every splatter of gore, takes us deeper into the heart of this swampy hellscape. It's fascinating how Hatchet 2 uses gore not just for shock but as a narrative device, each kill opening another chapter of this Bayou Bloodfest. The final showdown is a symphony of terror, desperate survival instincts clashing with Victor's unyielding thirst for blood. Mary Beth's fortitude shines here as she wields Crowley's own beloved hatchet against him. It's a moment of catharsis, a powerful tableau of a woman wronged, a daughter scorned, standing triumphant over the beast that claimed her kin. And so, as silence falls on the swamp once more, and Victor Crowley's broken body lies still, we are left to catch our breath. Hatchet 2, for all its gory glory, delivers a sequel that respects the horror of its origin, while carving out a fresh swath of horror history. But is it really the end? Or is the terror in the swamp merely lying dormant, waiting to be resurrected once again? And there you have it, a scene-by-scene -scene exploration of the continuation of Victor Crowley's nightmarish legend. As each scene unfolded, we saw not only the splatter of gore, but the careful crafting of a story that sought to deepen the lore of the cursed bayou. Each character's decision, each chilling line of dialogue, brought us closer to understanding the tragic life and aftermath of Victor Crowley. Stay tuned as we shift our focus from the visceral to the personal, the actors who bring this grim tale to life. Cartoons to me. In a world where the line between reality and nightmare has been crossed. Uh, who are they? I have no idea. Terror has a new face. <laughs> Two characters bound by evil. Determined to destroy. We have broken through the fragile veil that separated us from them. Now, only one woman has the power to stop the insane carnage. The fight for her existence begins and ends today. You're animals! Both of you! Horrible, filthy animals! Terror tools. Animated to kill.
Hello there, I'm Tobin Bell from the Saw franchise. I want to play a game. The rules of this game are simple. Up until now, you've simply sat in the shadows, listening to the world around you. But now I challenge you to become an active participant in your love of cinema. There is a podcast, The Movie Pit, that dives into the abyss of film, dissecting and discussing what many simply watch passively. It's a space where narratives intertwine, where the silver screen secrets are laid bare for your auditory pleasure. So now you must make a choice. Will you ignore this opportunity, letting the static of countless other distractions drown out your passion? Or will you tune in, engage your senses, and embrace the depths of this cinematic exploration? Remember, the choice you make will show the value you place on the wealth of knowledge that awaits. So I ask you, live or die, make your choice. The Hatchet series has always been a playing field for iconic figures in the horror genre. The sequel, Hatchet 2, certainly did not disappoint in terms of assembling a cast that not only recognizes the nostalgic beats of slasher films, but also brings a new intensity to the swampy chaos of this particular franchise. Front and center in the cast of Hatchet 2 is Danielle Harris. Harris steps into the muddy boots of Mary Beth Dunstan, with such conviction that it almost feels like the role was crafted with her in mind. Even more interesting is the fact that this role was originally portrayed by Tamara Feldman in the first installment. Harris is no stranger to the horror scene. Her Scream Queen status was cemented with her role as Jamie Lloyd in Halloween 4 The Return of Michael Myers. Her horror lineage didn't stop there as she reprised her role in Halloween 5 the Revenge of Michael Myers before making appearances in The Last Boy Scout and later in Rob Zombie's Halloween Reimaginings. In Hatchet 2, Harris brings a raw, relatable aura to Mary Beth. What's fascinating about her performance is how she balances determination and vulnerability. Viewers find themselves rooting for her, not just as a final girl, but as someone whose personal vendetta against Victor Crowley gives us an emotional stake in the story. There's an authenticity in her scream and a genuine fire in her eyes that harks back to her battle with another masked murderer from her Halloween days. The chemistry between Harris and the other actors adds a layer of camaraderie, particularly crucial in a film where ensemble dynamics are imperative, considering the body count tends to rise as these dynamics develop. The return of Kane Hodder as Victor Crowley is a treat for fans of the genre. Hodder, who is perhaps best known for his portrayal of Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th series, slips back into the grotesque persona with an ease that is both terrifying and admirable. He's not just the antagonist, he's the heart of the Hatchet series, a hulking mass of rage and raw power that's become emblematic of the franchise. Then there's Tony Todd's presence as Reverend Zombie, a character draped in charismatic menace. Todd, a horror icon thanks to his role in Candyman, carries an air of mystery and foreboding that's essential for the film's darker undercurrents. His portrayal is a dance along the lines between ally and adversary, and Todd's deep, resonant voice adds to the eerie atmosphere of the Louisiana swamps. Let's not overlook the new additions. Tom Holland, known more for being behind the camera in classics such as Fright Night and Child's Play, shows up here as Bob, who, spoiler alert, is not really Mary Beth's uncle. Holland brings a weight of history with him, that veteran presence that enriches the texture of the film. A.J. Bowen provides a robust presence as Leighton and Perry Shen returning from the first film, but as a different character, Justin manages once again to bring a level of comic relief without derailing the horror train. This knack for featuring the same actors in different roles across the series is a touch that not only adds a dash of inside humor for the fans, but stands as a testament to the collaborative spirit this franchise has fostered. The blood and gore may be what pulls your attention, but without these intricate performances, without Danielle Harris leading us through the path of retribution, Hatchet 2 wouldn't hit nearly as hard. It's in their expressions, in the terror-filled runs through the swamp, 
and in the visceral screams that you find the movie's pulse. It's the actors who breathe life, or death, as the case may be, into the Louisiana Bayou's deadliest folklore making Hatchet 2 a sequel that not only splatters blood across the screen, but engraves its characters into the annals of horror. In the next segments, we'll carve deeper into the film's flesh, looking at the directing, script writing, cinematography, editing, and score that shapes the body of Hatchet 2. But let's just say, without giving too much away, that the thrills lie not just in the execution, but in the executors. And this cast certainly came to play. Adam Green, the mastermind behind the original Hatchet film, returned to direct its sequel, Hatchet 2. His distinctive style is a fusion of classic horror tropes with modern sensibilities, a combination that manages to both pay homage and push the genre forward. Green's direction in Hatchet 2 is uncompromisingly bold, reflecting his passion for the genre and understanding of what die-hard horror fans crave. Let's break down Green's technique, which hinges on his ability to maintain tension while delivering an array of over-the-top gore. In Hatchet 2, he expertly ramps up the suspense scene by scene, each moment carefully crafted to keep viewers on the edge of their seats. The way he builds up to a kill or a jump scare is pure genre craftsmanship, employing a deep understanding of pacing to create a rhythm that keeps audiences engaged and guessing. Green's decision to pick up exactly where Hatchet left off was a bold move that paid off. This seamless transition not only respects the continuity, but it also maximizes the relentless atmosphere Green is known for. His ability to sustain such an unforgiving pace throughout a sequel is commendable and not easily achieved. Adam Green doesn't let up, and that's a sign of a director who knows his audience well. The swampy landscape of the Louisiana Bayou serves as the perfect backdrop for this horror tale and Green's use of the setting adds an extra layer of claustrophobia and despair. He has a knack for using the environment to his advantage, allowing the natural setting to enhance the terror. The darkness, the trees, the isolation, all these elements are characters in their own right under Green's direction. In addition to his masterful building of suspense, Green does not shy away from visceral horror. His direction in the gory scenes is almost operatic, using practical effects to create a visceral experience that CGI could never replicate. The innovative deaths in Hatchet 2 stand out as Green's trademark style, gruesome yet so meticulously crafted, they border on being an art form. He has a way of making the audience squirm with delight and horror all at once. Adam Green also knows when to slow things down. There are moments in Hatchet 2 that allow the audience to breathe, and these are just as crucial as the high-intensity scenes. It is during these periods that we get to know the characters, investing us in their fates. Green's capacity to balance character development with relentless horror is a testament to his ability as a director. Another significant aspect of Green's directorial style is his ability to elicit strong performances from his actors. Despite the campy and over-the-top vibe of Hatchet 2, there is an undercurrent of seriousness in the performances, particularly those of Kane Hodder and Danielle Harris. Green's direction ensures that the characters are more than just slasher flick stereotypes. They have depth and motivation, which is often rare in the genre. In conclusion, Adam Green's work in Hatchet 2 is a gleeful embrace of horror conventions while still implementing his unique vision. By combining relentless pacing with atmosphere, character depth, and ingenious gore, Green not just directs a film, he orchestrates an experience that resonates with fans of the slasher genre. His bold vision for Hatchet 2 confirms his status as a director who reveres the genre and its fans, while still leaving his distinctive mark on the bloody canvas of horror cinema. Alrighty, film fanatics, let's slice into the core of Hatchet 2, the script and writing. This sequel, penned by director Adam Green, certainly has its splatter of charmingly gruesome moments, but how does it stack up in terms of storytelling chops? Let's start with dialogue. This is a slasher that doesn't shy away from tongue-in-cheek humor, with characters firing off quips as swiftly as Victor Crowley cleaves through his victims. Yet there's an undercurrent of genuine southern gothic ambiance that bubbles beneath these one-liners like a bayou stew. 
The structure of the script hangs onto the backbone of the slasher genre. There's the familiar setup, the impending doom as we meet our players, and of course, the rampaging killer. But Hatchet 2 tries to twist that backbone just enough to keep us guessing. It feeds viewers breadcrumbs of lore that deepen the saga of Victor Crowley, and more significantly, changes the game for our leading lady, Mary Beth. Her arc evolves as she transitions from pure prey in the last flick to a vendetta-fueled protagonist in this one. The revenge angle isn't new to horror, but it feels appropriate here, lending a cathartic angle to the bloodbath, a satisfying narrative arc that we can root for amongst the mayhem. Now, let's talk about symmetry. In Hatchet 2, the writers create bookends with the film's opening and closing scenes, both gruesomely spotlighting the hatchet itself. Literary aficionados might refer to this as Chekhov's gun. The hatchet is shown, and oh boy, does it get used? At the start, it's wielded by Crowley in visceral fashion. By the end, it's in Mary Beth's hands as she delivers her own version of swamp justice. This is smart scriptwriting because it offers a visceral payoff and reinforces Mary Beth's shift from victim to avenger. But it's not all plain sailing, or should I say plain slashing. There's the thorny issue of pacing, the middle section of the movie, which should intensify the suspense and danger, sometimes gets bogged down with exposition. It could be said that trying to flesh out the backstory of our malformed antagonist, Victor Crowley, gets in the way of pacing and doesn't add enough to the narrative to justify its length, though the intent is to elevate the story beyond simplistic slasher norms. The execution is a precarious tightrope walk. One aspect where the writing truly excels is in how it handles the returning characters. Tony Todd's Reverend Zombie stands out, with each line he utters drenched in foreboding. His expanded role from the first film adds gravitas and connects the dots of the past with the blood-soaked present. Likewise, the introduction of Fresh Faces hits the mark with dialogue that functions as quick character sketches, giving us just enough to care, or in some cases, to relish their impending demise. But let's be frank, not everyone's there for the quips and plot points. Some just want the creep factor and creative kills. And the script delivers on that front, setting up inventive and shockingly grisly set pieces that cater to the expectations of gore aficionados. In summation, the script of Hatchet 2 is an ambitious blend of sardonic humor and slasher conventions peppered with enough backstory to avoid being a mere retread of its predecessor. Its commitment to character continuity is commendable. And while its adherence to genre tropes might undermine originality at times, it delivers a script that knows its audience and serves them a dish as familiar as gumbo but with a dash of unexpected spice. And who can resist a dish like that? Alright, let's talk visuals. Hatchet 2 isn't just a hack and slash fest, it's got some serious style when it comes to cinematography, and that's largely what we're unpacking in this segment. Let's start with the opening scene. It's a direct continuation from the first Hatchet film, and right off the bat we're drenched in a sense of claustrophobic panic. Shaky cam is used quite effectively here, not just for the sake of it, but to really put us in Mary Beth's shoes as she's fleeing Victor Crowley. You feel every desperate breath, every splash in the swamp, and that's a huge credit to the film's DP, director of photography. Then there's the Louisiana swamp itself, a character on its own, painted with a palette of muted greens and browns that just ooze dread. The use of natural light and shadow plays into the setting beautifully, giving depth to the night scenes. Speaking of which, nighttime in Hatchet 2 isn't just dimly lit. It's sinister. You can almost feel the darkness pressing in, which amplifies the scares. They don't need to see every gruesome detail when your imagination is already running wild and that's something the camera work nails. The camera isn't afraid to linger either. In a genre that often cuts away quickly, Hatchet 2 lets scenes breathe. When we come to Victor's kills, for instance, the camera is unflinching. It doesn't shy away from the gory glory. 
Instead, it's almost invasive in its detail, which is pretty bold. And let's be real, the gorehounds out there love it. The filmmakers knew their audience and how much they enjoy the visceral nature of slasher films. So the close-ups on the film's practical effects really let that craftsmanship shine. It's gruesomely beautiful, in a way only horror can pull off, but it's not all blood and guts. There's an interesting interplay of wide shots versus tight, claustrophobic framing throughout the film. The wide shots give us a chance to take in the swamp, to really feel the isolation of the characters before, bam, we're back in tight quarters, with the foliage almost becoming prison bars made of branches and shadows. This dynamic shift keeps viewers on edge, and it's clear that every frame has been thoughtfully composed to evoke a visceral response. When we move inside Crowley's shed, the camera work helps build tension in spades. The movements are measured, strategic, with just enough jitter to insinuate looming dread. It's dark, but not so dark that your screen looks like an inky void. There's texture in the shadows. It's in these moments that Hatchet 2 leans more into atmospheric terror, a homage, perhaps, to the greats of horror cinematography. Now, you can't talk about the visuals without mentioning the creative kills, the bread and butter of any slasher film. Hatchet 2 or steps up its game here, using various angles to catch every slashing, crushing, and ripping moment. The film knows when to go for the slow build and when to let loose with rapid cuts that leave your heart racing. And I want to highlight the showdown with Mary Beth near the film's climax. The cinematography mirrors her character arc starting in vulnerability and confusion before transitioning into determination and ferocity. The camera witnesses her transformation into the Avenger of her family, almost like a dance, moving and weaving as she takes on Crowley. Summing it all up, Hatchet 2's cinematography is a strategic blend of old-school horror craftsmanship with modern stylistic choices. The camera work doesn't just capture action, it immerses us in the swampy horror, making viewers feel trapped alongside the characters. It's a visual storytelling that knows when to hold back and when to go full throttle, creating a tone that's as much a part of the series' identity as Victor Crowley himself. We'll continue peeling back the layers of this blood-soaked sequel, but for now, let's give a slow clap for the unsung heroes behind the camera. Their work on Hatchet 2 shows that even in a film where a supernatural serial killer is the star, smart and savvy cinematography can cut deep making every swing of the hatchet that much more chilling. When talking about a slasher flick like Hatchet 2, editing is an unsung hero that weaves the terror and tension threads into a terrifying tapestry for the audience. Our dear viewers, think of the editor as the hidden puppeteer, sinking each slash to the rhythm of your pounding heart. Let's rip through the very seams of Hatchet 2, and understand how the editing ignites the screen with heart-stopping moments. The editing pace of this sequel feels like a relentless chase through the swamp. It's tight, quick, and understands exactly when to give us those little breathers before plunging us back into the nightmarish chase. Each chop, each scream, and each kill are ruthlessly concise, building an adrenaline rush sensation that's paramount to a slasher experience. Editors, the stealthy craftsmen that they are, have this unique power to control time, stretching it to unbearable tension or compressing it for that unexpected jump scare. There's this rhythmic dance in Hatchet 2 between calm and chaos, largely commanded by its proficient editing. As our survivors navigate the swamp, the serenity is palpable only until the editor sharpens the blade and cuts to Victor Crowley's next grisly tableau. Moreover, it's about the juxtaposition of sequences that further amps up the dread. Call it editing wizardry. If a movie can make you flinch with a simple cut from a serene scene to a spine-chilling scream, then it's done its job damned well. Hatchet 2 employs these hard cuts to great effect, often jolting us viewers from the deceptive safety straight into the lion's, or should I say, Crowley's den. Cross-cutting deserves a special mention, especially as it allows the story to unfold on multiple fronts. When our hapless hunters separate in Victor's stomping grounds, the editing chops between groups heighten the sense of impending doom, 
as we see the space between prey and predator dangerously diminish. Panic sets in, not just because of what's on screen, but because the editing has trapped us in this swampy maze with no clear exit. It's not just about the terror. Editing in Hatchet 2 also contributes to the narrative structure, ensuring the storyline remains clear despite the rapidly unfolding events. Clips are seamlessly spliced together to maintain continuity, a significant challenge given the film's numerous flashbacks to the predecessor, juggling revelations with current chaos. The flashbacks provide substance and enrich the characters without leaving us lost in the swamp of the storyline. Suspense doesn't solely come from the axe hovering midair, it's built off-screen. In the silence and split seconds the editor decides to linger before the bloodshed. It's what makes us grip our seats, the cut lingering just long enough to make us squirm, anticipate, dread. And just before we can take a breath, the scene is cut into another terrifying piece of the puzzle. This tension and release cycle is meticulously controlled by the editor's precise timing, conjuring fear out of thin air, or should I say, dark water. The editing is also instrumental in syncing with the sound design to generate a symphony of scares. Imagine the visceral impact of hearing an axe whizzing through the air, only to be met with the abrupt visual of it embedding into a tree. This dissonance between what you hear and what you're shown ratchets up on ease. Thanks to the calculated silence and sudden bursts of noise interlaced into the visual cuts. As our voyage through the marshy editing of Hatchet 2 ends, let it be known that editors truly are the shadowed magicians of horror, masters of misdirection, and merchants of the macabre montage. Through their unseen artistry, we're submerged in a world where horror is not just seen but felt, where every cut sharpens fear's edge and each slice of the scene bleeds suspense into our very souls. Cue the haunting melodies and eerie whispers that linger in the dark corners of the swamp. We're slicing into the score of Hatchet 2. The music and sound design are not just accessories in the horror flick. They are essential in building the spine-tingling atmosphere and guiding the audience through the hair-raising journey. The composer's role in a horror film is akin to that of an unseen character one that plays with our emotions and anticipates our reactions with every note. As Hatchet 2 picks up the carnage where the first movie left off, the score follows suit, escalating the tension. The dark symphonies of the bayou echo through the Louisiana swamps, complementing Victor Crowley's hulking presence. As the film opens, a sense of dread is established, wrapping the viewer in a cloak of suspense before we even catch a glimpse of Crowley's grotesque figure. The subtle blend of natural swamp sounds with a low, foreboding score sets the eerie tone and grounds us in the film's setting. Notice how the score reacts to on-screen events, with crescendo coinciding with the gory crescendos of the hatchet's descent. The music here isn't just about making you jump. It's about creating an oppressive feeling of inevitability. When Mary Beth is in pursuit of her family's remains, or when unsuspecting hunters trample through Victor's territory, the score subtly shifts, leveraging our heartbeat against us. The use of diegetic music a film technique where the characters can hear the music within their environment adds an extra layer of authenticity to Hatchet 2. For instance, listen to the scenes where the hunters gather for their ill-fated expedition. The music they might play on their radios isn't just there for background noise. It symbolizes their naivety and their underestimation of the horrors that await them in the swamp. Then there's the sound design. Oh, the chilling craftsmanship. The squelches, chops, and screams are timed in harrowing harmony with the visual feast of horror, each auditory cue landing with a visceral impact. It's a brutal ballet of sound that punctuates every action, from the squish of mud under heavy boots to the guttural roar of Victor Crowley himself. These elements are the unsung heroes that give body to the beast 
rooting every fantastical element in a sensory reality that keeps the viewer engrossed and gasping. Thunderous moments in the score mirror the chaos as the body count rises, reaching a crescendo as Mary Beth faces her nemesis in a showdown replete with raw emotion and guttural roars. And yet when the moment calls for it, silence is used with surgical precision, a pause before the plunge of the hatchet, the absence of sound making the heart grow fonder of fear. It's not just the primal fear that the music and sound design evoke. There's a mournful quality woven into the composition that speaks to the cursed existence of Victor Crowley. The sorrowful notes that accompany his backstory offer a moment of empathy amidst the terror, hinting at the tragic figure beneath the monstrous facade. As the film reaches its climax and Mary Beth unleashes her fury, the score becomes an anthem to her resilience. The orchestration here is no longer just about terror, it's about triumph, albeit a blood-soaked one. Our final audio assault is a powerful mix of defiance and crimson-soaked victory that lingers long after the credits roll. Do the music and sound design manage to elevate Hatchet 2? beyond its slasher roots? Absolutely. They transform the film into an immersive experience that's felt as much as it's seen. A crucial element that creates a memorable nightmare you can't help but revisit like a haunting melody that sticks in your brain. All right, Fright Fiends, we are going to take one final pause for the cause. When we return, we will wrap this fucker up. So don't move your asses from those seats. We will be right back. In a quiet bakery, one woman is about to confront her past. We gotta fight back. An unforgivable act of violence. It also says here that after they fried him in the chair, they cremated him and sent his ashes to his mother in Coonsboro. Something else was just left at the back porch, too. Ooh, must be that gingerbread seasoning. Ah, <laughs> oh, heck. An unholy curse. What is that fucking? I think I know what. I mean, who it is. It's me, Raptor. Why'd you come and get me? A new kind of cookie. What the hell is that? But it sure ain't the Pillsbury fucking dope boy. Who are you? Ah! As fast as you can, something's in the oven, the ginger dead man. <laughs> Evil never tasted so good. Eat me, you punk bitch! This portion of the Movie Pit podcast is brought to you by Fright Rags. Are you sick freaks craving a wardrobe that screams bloody murder? Get your gore-loving asses over to Fright Rags, the ultimate pit stop for horror apparel sharper than Freddy's claws and cooler than Jason's mask on a frosty Friday night. Since 2003, they've decked out horror hounds in the sickest tees, handing out scares like candy on Halloween. Got a soft spot for those twisted slashers and demented demons? They've got them all, from trick-or-treat to the goddamn Prince of Playtime Chucky starting at just 26 bucks. But hold on to your guts, it's not just shirts. We're peddling socks that'll make your feet the last thing they see before the lights go out. Lounge pants looser than the morals in a teen slasher flick. And fucking souvenir cups that'll have you sipping to a bloodbath. Unsure which demented duds to don. Can't decide if you want to rep the shape or sport some sadistic socks. Let them pick your poison. Rush your horror-loving ass over to FrightRags.com. What are you waiting for? An engraved invitation from Dracula. Chop chop. 
before these bestsellers slice their way out of stock. Check out the website. That's FrightRags.com. You've got 45 seconds, starting now. All right, horror fans, let's slice into the critical response and audience reception of Hatchet 2. Opinions on this blood-soaked sequel were as mixed as the on-screen guts and glory. Now, if we take a quick peek at Rotten Tomatoes, we see Hatchet 2 sits at a 42% approval rating from critics. Not exactly a high score, but in the horror world, where splatter trumps platter, that doesn't necessarily spell doom. The general consensus. It's funnier and more gleefully gory than many slasher sequels, with some reviews pointing out that while the film tries to hit the so-bad-it's-good mark, it struggles to consistently land that entertaining hack-and-slash vibe. Adam Green, the director and writer, has a bit of a cult following, and die-hard fans tend to view this sequel with a bit of reverence, often citing it as a worthy continuation of Victor Crowley's swampy slaughtering saga. Green even mentioned this was his favorite in the series. However, that's a stat with a citation needed, almost like a campfire legend whispered amongst horror buffs. Over on Metacritic, Hatchet 2 carves out an average score of 49 out of 100, based on 11 reviews, teetering on that mixed or average seesaw. Critics weren't universally axing it to pieces, nor were they singing its praises to high heaven. The fans, though, they're the ones who keep a series like this going. Many applaud the sequel for upholding the spirit of its forerunner, reveling in the familiar backwoods terror and the increased dose of dark humor. It's that exact vibe, the classic 80s slasher feel, that keeps the hatchet cultists rooting for Crowley's carnage. Yet, not all audience members were willing to get on the boat into the swamps again. Some longed for the freshness of the first film, feeling like the sequel, while fun, didn't quite bring anything new to the table. A critique often surfaced about the seeming predictability and somewhat obligatory nods to past slasher tropes. The question of whether Hatchet 2 played it too safe with familiar ground, or was smart to stick to its roots, divides fans down the middle, much like a poorly aimed hatchet swing. Danielle Harris stepping into the role of Mary Beth was a point of contention for some. While many fans praised her as a scream queen and thought she brought a necessary tenacity, others were loyalists to the original Mary Beth, Tamara Feldman, and felt the recasting was a misstep. When we talk about this film's impact on the horror genre, it's fair to say it didn't reinvent the wheel, or should I say the hatchet, but in its defense it reinvigorated a love for practical effects and unapologetic gore that many modern horror flicks shy away from. Hatchet 2 reminds us that sometimes a sequel's success isn't in revolutionizing the genre, but rather in delivering what fans came for, more of the blood-curdling, pulse-pounding thrill of the chase and the kills. Its legacy might not be one of groundbreaking horror innovation, but Hatchet 2 carved out a niche where it's respected for its tribute to the traditional slasher flick with a modern twist. It's sort of like visiting that old cabin in the woods. You know there will be screams, you know the phone lines will be cut, and yet every creak of the floorboard still sends a delightful shiver down your spine. So, whether you're here for the kills, the chills, or just to see how many ways Victor Crowley can rewrite the definition of overkill, Hatchet 2 earned its place in the hearts of its fans and on the shelves of slasher connoisseurs. It slices, it dices, and while it might not be everyone's cup of tea, or should I say flask of blood, it holds its own in the bloody waters of horror film history. We've delved extensively into the gory, painstaking details of Hatchet 2, meticulously dissecting Victor Crowley's bloodthirsty, gruesome rampage through the dark, eerie swamps of Louisiana, straight from the depths of Adam Green's peculiarly twisted, imaginative mind to the relentless, gripping edge of your seat, heart-pounding action, we've meticulously sliced through the film scene by vivid scene, thoroughly discussed the remarkably noteworthy and powerful performances, especially that of the exceptionally formidable Danielle Harris, and intricately picked apart the comprehensive technical elements that meticulously give this film its uniquely spine-chilling, haunting essence. Sure, it may not have transcended to the legendary iconic status of its formidable predecessor, but 
Hatchet 2, incontrovertibly, still carves out a solid, respectable 6 out of 10 on our comprehensive horror scale. Next week, the Dark Saga thrillingly continues as we sharpen our blades further and rigorously prep ourselves for the impending terrors of Hatchet 3. So clutch your flashlights tightly and steel your nerves firmly because it prominently looks like the mysterious foreboding swamps aren't quite finished with us just yet. Thanks for diving into the eerie waters of the movie pit with me. I can't wait to dive in once more for another round of cinematic exploration. But until we delve back into the captivating abyss of films, keep your hatchets handy and your wits ever sharper. Stay curious and eager for our next dark descent. And as always, till next time, kitties. Thank you for listening to this, the movie pit movie review. We hope you have enjoyed your time. Come back to the movie pit podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media Incorporated. See you next week.